Welcome to Cancelled. Here we are, uh, episodes 13 and 14 of Studio 60. Uh, she's nice enough to sit through this with me. Kat Barbadoro's here. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, we're more than halfway through. That's my consolation <laughs> yeah, yeah, for this. Yeah, it's, it's, almost, it's not almost done. We've got a bit to go. We've got a while. But, man. Like, I just, <laughs> all right, before we get into it, I'm staring at... There's this... <laughs> on the Roku, there was an ad for the Hilariously Hangry Hour, H-A-N-G-R-Y, and it's like, I guess, it's by Jack Link's, like, Slim, Stim, Slim, Slim Jim Beef Jerky Snacks or whatever. It's Beef Jerky Sponsored Comedy. Yeah. And and, but what's crazy is it appears to just be, like, an hour he shot. Yeah. It's not so like it's he shot. Kevin there's no, there's nothing on this in the video in the background. There's not like a big Jack Link's logo or something. Right. But the whole screen is that. Like all around the video is like that. Yeah. Shit. So we're, it's a Kevin Nealon hour. That he, I'm sure he just sold them the rights to yeah. it. It's weird. See, yeah. It, it makes me, it reminds me of, and this might predate you a little bit, but Paula Poundstone had a pop tarts Kellogg's I, I know video. about this because of david mcquarrie fair enough That's that makes sense our friend who's a big paul <laughs> poundstone fan but uh actually i think seth cockfield had a copy of that tape and we watched it, it was definitely Seth. and it's dad, like a pop tarts promotional well, it's a promotional video you got from like sending in box tops from kellogg's foods or whatever yeah. and uh it was like an hour it was like a showcase it was her like four other comics yeah and she did like 15 minutes up front predominantly Pop-Tarts material. Like, <laughs> she might have done two or three other jokes, but it was mostly Pop-Tarts yeah. based. She was and like the Jim Gaffigan of her, her day, yeah, yeah, yeah. I It'd guess. Like if Jim Gaffigan did a Hot, uh, yeah, hot like Pockets. Like you send Hot Pockets box tops. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. like what this is. Yeah, for That's sure. That's crazy. So I kind of expected that to be this and he have a bunch <laughs> of beef jerky jokes, but no I like the luck. idea of like, it'd be really funny if on your like stu- stool where you put your glass of water in your set list if you just had a thing of jerky yeah, and yeah, you would like yeah, occasionally because yeah, yeah. jerky is not like a casual thing to eat yeah. you have to like rip it off yeah, yeah, and yeah. then like chew it for a long a time lot of chewing. yeah so you, it just that'd be really funny it to me it dries you out it's really like a desiccate <laughs> so like you would start choking more I might just bring jerky on stage now I feel like that's kind of a funny bit it makes me laugh uh, alright so we could just jump into this uh, and I'll I'll say it up front. Two-parter. For no reason. Zero Again, reason. No but reason for I this to be a two-parter. I to, uh, to the part where it's a two-parter, and I, I just wrote fuck really big. Like, <laughs> it's, it's insane that this is a two-parter. I wonder, I do wonder, and we'll get, like, with the end of this. We can kind of just go wherever. Yeah, because it's, two-parter, it's two- so. so, like, the the way that it ends, I'm like, they must have been going to a break. Like, there must have there been. must have been something, yeah. Yeah, because there's, like, a couple things, like, kind of. Well, let's hold off on the very yeah. end uh, right away, but motherfucker. All right, so there is I, – literally, I have like at least nine notes on this that just say hijinks after them. So many hijinks. It's all hijinks. I, the only reason this is a two-parter is because there's like 90 plots. None of the plots are that interesting or that or like matter at grave at, in any way. Yeah. It's just there's a lot of them, and that's uh, why there's two parts. So it starts with a flat-out – you mentioned, pre, I think, in the last episode how like his only ideas for jokes are oh, he's right behind me, yep. isn't he? Immediately. It's the first right moment away. of this episode yep. uh, is Jack is trying to find uh, Nate Cordry because he yep. has to set up – 
him on the date with the Asian girl. They kind of set that up in the last episode to mm-hmm. t- talk her out of dropping out of Juilliard. So, and it's another like chain reaction thing. So it's like he has to talk her into not dropping out of Juilliard, so her dad will be happy. So the dad will do will back their play with the FCC, so that the board won't kick fire at Asner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's I kind of forget why it's happening. Who gives, at this it, point. it really it's so convoluted. But uh, so the first gag is like Nate Cordry is in the Fruit of the Loom outfit because they're really pushing this fucking black militant. Oh, fruit of the man. Loom oh, man. The There's Mondongo a... fruit, it's... which I, I haven't Googled to find if it's a real fruit or not. And I don't I don't want to know. Like, it just yeah. bums me out. <laughs> uh, so he's like in the fruit, of, like the grapes. And he's, trying, he's like, I want to get out of these grapes before Jack already thinks I'm an idiot. And I don't need him to see me like, oh, he's right behind me, isn't he? And then they're Ta-da. Like, Ta-da, Jack's he's right in the there. grapes. And he has to talk to him. The one thing I will say about about this two-parter episode that I was trying to like think of positive things it's like at least there aren't any sketches in it like at least there's that there is that that is helpful um there is talk of fruit of the loom and it comes back again in like a serious way later very, he's like, Man, very angry you're just like that fruit like yeah. it's so <laughs> stupid <laughs> it's so dumb um there is one sketch referenced dolphin girl too well, do- well two sketches well, what's the other one dolphin girl and then, all right, so there's a, <laughs> there's a very long, very drawn out, very unfunny plot line with uh, Timothy Busfield. Oh, yeah. It's a video they're game. They're shooting some sketch, which is like, they, want, they were going to shoot it off set, but they, he's like, oh, we can shoot it for less if we just shoot it on set. We'll, like, it's a video game called Dora's Hammer of the Gods. Something like that. That's, no, that's exactly what oh, I, really? I wrote it down. <laughs> uh, I just thought I was mishearing Thor, because I was like, Dora's nope. not a... God with a hammer. Uh, <laughs> and then there's like a bunch of snakes. Do so you have to bring any snakes? One of the snakes escapes. It goes down into a thing. And then that becomes a whole thing, which we'll get into. But that's the other sketch is a, vid- a commercial for a video game called Dora's Hammer of the Gods. I don't get it. Like, I don't like, think like, there's any joke said except that they keep calling it a parody. Yeah, but of what? I don't of even understand. Of what? Yeah. It makes no sense at all. Um, <laughs> so he has. So they set up early that he has to go do the go on a date to this thing that is another plot which is a uh, this gala where sarah paulson is getting an award right and uh, that was in the, the last Catholic league they set that up in the last episode, episode where matthew perry's bidding on her to beat Luke, the, the other director right um there's a moment where jack leaves the office and he knocks over somebody and I, it's the fat guy again. was it i, I wrote that was that, uh, was that fat guy yeah because i i kind of looked away fat guy dressed as an apple and that's his only part yep in all two episodes in both You'll episodes never see him again i'm assuming he was not invited to the dinner <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah just... no absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not him and the writers they make a point of saying like the low-level writers wouldn't get invited yeah <laughs> and fat guy who's a cast member on this fucking show, <laughs> yeah it clearly not zero respect uh-huh so then this fucking bugged the shit out of me. There's a uh, they have a, Jordan's having a meeting with Stephen Weber and the new blonde head of oh alternative God. programming, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they can't use. They're going the show. All all you need is love, where it's like people make amends to each other or whatever. Uh, they can't use the song because some other show has it. But then they start talking about who, like the ideas of who's gonna be, like what cast who are we ha- who who are the people gonna be on the show, <laughs> and there's a, a gangbanger who shot. Some kid, the kid's since like, I don't know if he's paralyzed or something, but he's grown up, he's going to med school, the gangbanger's out of jail. Yeah. Uh, and like the grandmother says, if she ever sees that gangbanger again, she's going to kill him. He's like, we're going to have them meet and he can apologize. Right. 
That gang member's name is Dusty D. <laughs> really? And I they, think I they say that. it repeatedly. <laughs> Dusty, Dusty D. Dusty D. And I'm like, I'm, first off, I'm pretty sure that's the bad guy from Pootie Tang. I've never seen Pootie Tang. <laughs> dirty D. It's, it's Dirty yeah, D. Yeah, but so he's Dusty. That's like the joke is the that he's, he's, he's dusty. like Pigpen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm thinking the whole time, like, is it him? Is he just going to be on this reality show? That is the weakest attempt. Of a white person naming a gang member <laughs> yeah. I have ever heard. It's so... I feel like so much of this show has... Dusty! You know, <laughs> yeah, like, here's the thing. You know what gang members like to be? Fucking clean. They like yeah. to be like, I'm fucking shining, I'm pimping. They yeah. don't want to be dust. They're either that or they're like like dirty in the sense that like I'm tough, I'm in the streets, yeah. grimy. No, Nobody's dusty. You are, you are like one degree away from Ashy Larry. Yeah. Like... <laughs> It's not oh, it made what me so anyone's ang- name. It made me so angry. It, I was going to say, like, a lot of that stuff, a lot of the stuff in the show has the feeling of, like, we'll go back and change it later, and then they never did. Yeah, like just filled in Dusty D. Yeah, oh, like, we'll get a like, real name at some point. Exactly, like, Mondongo Fruit feels <laughs> that way. Like, there's just a lot of stuff where it's, like, like... Sorkin did a quick first pass and then was like, we'll clean this up. And right. it just, it slipped his mind. <laughs> yeah, too like much too coke. much coke and it didn't get done. <laughs> that's 100% right. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's, so that's happening. And it really doesn't matter. It doesn't go anywhere. They give it a whole scene and it goes yeah. nowhere. The, it comes up again slightly when like they're, they're on the roof, on the roof, which yeah. like, I think my phone is dead, but I'm pretty sure I wrote down, <laughs> I wish I could lock the show on a roof. <laughs> like, I, was like, I, wish. I just want it to die of exposure. Up yeah, there. Yeah, it's yeah. so dumb. Uh, so yeah, Bradley Whitford and Amanda Peake get locked on, on trapped a, on the <sighs> studio roof. So she, he calls her over to the studio just to say like, I apologize for writing, having those recommendation letters sent to you in the last episode. Uh, I'm not going to keep hitting on you, blah, blah, blah. Which he could have fucking done on the phone, by the way. Yeah, uh, again. But he doesn't. And they're like, try. he keeps like, oh, we'll go to my office. My office is getting painted. Let's go over here. Oh, there's people standing here. Here, we'll go to the roof. Nobody's up there. They get light. As soon as he said that, they haven't even climbed the step. I was like, they're getting stuck on the roof. Yep. Immediately stuck on the roof. Uh, at which, like, it feel, that whole, and that goes on till the end of the second yeah, episode. Of the, the entire two, two episodes are stuck on the roof. They're stuck on the roof. Uh, it feels like like a like an episode of Friends. Like, it doesn't feel like something that should be <laughs> happening on this show. Yeah, it's um, strange. Meanwhile, Bre- uh, t- so Timothy Busfield's shooting the sketch with the snakes. One of the snakes gets loose and is climbing under the, under the thing and they have to get the snake out. So the animal handler is like, oh, we have to send in a ferret to get the snake out. And that's going to kill the snake. So you got to pay an extra six grand or whatever. And as soon as like, and that happens, I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be a progression of what animal do we yeah. send after the snake? Yeah. Which that's exactly what it is. Every plot in this epi- in these two episodes is you can see from a fucking mile yeah. away. I feel like both the uh, Amanda Pete Bradley Whitford plot and the Timothy Busfield plot are both just extended metaphors for how you feel watching this show. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> just like that. Bradley Whitford and Amanda Pete spend the entire time being like. Doesn't anyone care about us? Why aren't they looking for us? And you're like, no one cares about you. This is a boring plot. That's so true. Like, and then this whole thing of this convoluted, we need to send this thing after this thing after this yeah, thing. Yeah, That's yeah. like every plot. Like, right. we need to, it's this like stupid Rube Goldberg device of shit no one cares about <laughs> yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. Uh, what I feel like is happens in this, this is kind of the peak of, at least up until this point, is that the show has 
essentially stopped being about the production of a television show. Yeah. There's yeah, very yeah. L- nothing about that. It's like slightly, if you count the FCC plot, sort of about running a network. Kind of, but even that's like 10% of yeah. the show. The rest of it is just poorly written soap opera yeah. about characters I don't care about. Yeah. So like, at, at, at least, I think what I was enjoying in the beginning, when I was legitimately enjoying the show, is that it was sort of about the production of a TV show right. on some level. You had to get into the characters because you need like their stories or whatever. But at least there was like, this is happening on this day and this like we're writing right. a sketch or we're here's like here's what our week's like like, like yeah, oh yeah. shit something happened and I thought that this show was going to be not, almost a procedural of like what's gonna <laughs> yeah, prevent yeah, yeah. us from doing the show this week right which you know would have been I a was into it repetitive in its own way but like I like shit like that sure. it would have been interesting to me I could also see that show I feel like this show got notes where it was too much that it's like too much inside yeah. baseball yeah so that's too niche of an audience Sort of like, okay, we'll just put a bunch of soap opera shit in there. People like that. But it, he can't write that in any sort of fucking yeah. interesting way. Uh, so we're stuck with this horse shit. Yeah, I mean, it's a rock and a hard place. Because like, there were problems in the beginning, too, that oh, are sure. way different than the problems now. Yeah, but at least they were interesting but, problems. Yeah, and like, it was still enjoyable. Right. And I wouldn't have talked so much shit about it if I knew how bad it was going <laughs> to I would have been grateful for what I was given. Oh, man. Also, uh, Sarah Paulson's... Uh, terrible british accent when she's going oh, to shoot man. that she's, yeah. there there's like she's on set of that i don't even remember she's making a movie about some rock star uh, it's Mick Jagger and Anita Pallenberg right yeah. um and she's like they're on set and she's just doing like the most like fresh in your drink governor fucking yeah. horseshit accent uh at which point luke is like i i like you the 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 one who who like i guess uh, they used to be together or whatever yeah and she's like, oh, I can't. And that becomes basically, the, like, I can't. And he's like, well, it's only because you 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 still act like you're with Matthew Perry, even though you're not with yeah. Matthew Perry. And that becomes sort of their whole storyline. But it's also interesting because their conversation, again, I feel like is a conversation that you sort of have watching it where it's like, why again were you together? And why again did you break up? Because there's 90 million reasons and, like, none of them are really... There's that uh, they don't like stick like they're not like there's a, so basically they he go, ends up going to this gallo because he's uh, Matthew Perry has bid five thousand yeah. dollars and then they of course you know fucking Mrs Doubtfire shit <laughs> yeah. like you can't possibly just let one story be like happen in a, a normal progression yeah it's so they some other shit on top of it she gracious uh, Sarah Paulson graciously decides to let both the top bidders come right. to. She's like, oh, they'll get the charity gets twice the money, yeah. and I'll take both of you as my date, uh, which he assumes is going to be Luke. But it right. turns out to but be. But of course, it's not. Some 15 year old pro snowboarder who looks like Justin Bieber. Uh, where, where at first, like, this is how, like, I know it's not their fault, but when I first see him, I'm like, are they doing a Justin Bieber joke on the show? That's pretty <laughs> ahead of the, the curve. Yeah. On that. He was like, still a child. Yeah, not, not at all. Not at he all what it is. looks like that. Yeah, but, uh, and he's like Justin Bieber wearing eye makeup. And it's also never explained, like, why he likes Sarah Paulson or, like, nope. doesn't seem to be that interested in her, really. Barely talks to her at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, like, he's busy signing autographs for, like, a, a fucking nonstop parade of hot chicks. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Also, like, this is where it kind of starts, like, I've written like his. They're locked on the roof. Hijinks. Her date's fifteen years old. Hijinks. Yeah. All oh, the Asian girls getting drunk. Hijinks. I'm just like fucking yeah. hijinks after everything. And it's and it is like all of those hijinks you can see from so far from away. Fucking space. Like you know yeah, the yeah. Asian girl's gonna get drunk. Yeah, yeah. You know that they're gonna get you. It's just a matter of okay, what goes in after the ferret? It's right. Something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, by the it's way, a it's a coyote, coyote. Jesus named Yodi. <laughs> 
so bad. The ferret doesn't get a name. No, the ferret does not get a name. Neither does the snake. Neither does the snake. No, you have to be a certain level of like pet petness to get a name. Uh, also, the the animal handler's name is Bevo, which I thought was interesting. Bevo. Yeah, that was very strange. Uh, the eventually they there there's like a, a a person from the humane society that comes in because who's going to find them and yeah because yeah. you're supposed to like if you have an animal there have to be notified and they were notified that actress. It's funny to see, like, she has gone on to be, like, a fucking nonstop working television actress. Oh, really? I oh, didn't yeah. recognize her. She was her. on, like, that show Third Watch. Okay. She's gone on to be, like, I don't know, if you bring her up on IMDb, she's got, like, ten credits at least in the last five years. Like, yeah. She's constantly working. <laughs> um, so, so. Side note, did yeah. you know the first episode of this two-parter episode directed by Timothy Busfield? I'll buy that. Timothy Busfield directed a fair amount of uh, yeah. West Wings as well. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um, it's unfortunate because I like him. I know. I want to like you, guy. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so Matthew Perry is now at this dinner with her, and they're sort of having this meltdown breakup. Yes. Even though they're not together. Right. Uh, they're fighting, and they're bringing up all these, like, whatever. And at one point, Matthew Perry, like, they're having this big fight, and he's like, she's like, oh, you're mad? Because he, says, like, he says to her, you're mad because I never proposed. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, if we could have just gone six months without one of these eruptions, <laughs> we'd be picking out nursery schools by now. If you can't go six months without one of these eruptions, maybe you shouldn't have fucking kids yeah. at the very least. Do not like, bring another human being yeah. into this terrible environment. Yeah, if this is every six months for you, you're in a bad relationship. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is a... I won't, I, although I will say... There was something that felt genuine about this very disingenuous breakup. And that, w- the idea is like it's not really a breakup. They're not together. But the arguing felt real. Yeah, and I also feel like that is a thing that sometimes happens in relationships where like you sort of you have you like become close again or something and then you kind of have a conversation like this where it's like we're not together so this isn't a breakup but like something is happening yeah, yeah, and like either- the dynamic of our relationship is going to change after this conversation. Right. Like that I feel like that felt genuine. For sure. And even like I was complaining about sort of the lack of specificity, but that is also kind of genuine. Like that is also how that actually happens. Sure. It just doesn't make for good television because <laughs> right. you're like, I need like some kind of narrative here. Like yes. I can't just have it be this like constant, you guys rehashing all this shit that like, I have no idea what it is specifically. Yeah. And like, I had no idea that they were supposed to have broken up two weeks before he took the job. I Didn't thought know it was that, like, that came up. Yeah. I thought it was like last time he was working there or right. something like yeah. a while ago. And also that, that, their fight, which I think makes it do- makes it feel genuine, fucking ping pongs all over the place. It's that's it's, it's crazy. It's, like it's so hard to follow because there's so many which, reasons. It, which yes makes it feel real, but also makes it like you say horrific to try to follow. Yeah. I can't pay attention. Like I, you're losing me because I'm very confused. A realistic argument between two people who have been like together for a really long time yeah, yeah. is not going to be understandable yeah, by yeah, anyone yeah, else. Because you're like, going to be speaking in like shorthand. Your shorthand. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then she, he, he gets – all right. So the, this, this really bothered me. So they are, they're having this huge argument, right? And it's, it's just pit up and down, and they're outside, and they're inside. Meanwhile, at one point, somebody's like, oh, Jordan was supposed to bring you up and introduce you, uh, Sarah Paulson, when you get your award. But she's locked on a roof. They don't know this. Uh, so maybe Matthew Perry can bring you up. And he's like, sure. And then right before they're going to go up, she says to him – like he says, like, well, what did like Luke wanted to go? Says he likes you or whatever. What did you say to him? He's like, I didn't. She's like, I didn't say anything to him. Uh, you know, I like I I remember what it's like when I work with him. I remember what it's like being with him, and I think about sleeping with him. But then I think about you, and I don't because and we're not even. And she starts going off on the stuff about Matthew yeah. Perry, and then Matthew Perry's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
I stopped listening after you said you think about sleeping with him. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, really? That, like, first off, she was talking about your relationship. That, that part you stopped listening to that was, was about your the relationship. shit that concerns you and her yeah. specifically. <laughs> but for some reason, the idea that this woman would possibly think about sleeping yeah. with somebody else. Not fuck them. Not flirt with them. Just think about yeah. it. Yeah. Which, like... Everyone does all the time (laughs) when you're actually in a relationship. For sure, like that kind of—it's so like oddly naive, and I feel like, but I guess is true to the character because he's so sort of paternalistic toward her that he would probably assume that she would never even dream of (laughs) like fucking paternalistic, but then also like possessive in such a childish That's, way. Exactly. is like, it's like, I need, I'm marking my territory Yeah, this is here. my toys. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. And she brings that up very, again, like, I'm like, kind of rooting for her, even though she's fucking crazy, where she's like, you only are, you're making these gestures that you think are sweet only to claim me. Right. And not to actually have a relationship with Yeah, me. you only bid on this date because you thought Luke was also bidding on this date. Right. And you didn't, if I, not you to make like a no sweet can. gesture. Right. Like, uh, and he, and like, Part of me, like, again, I kind of like the fact, like, that he won't acknowledge any of these things that she says is, is, that are right. Because, yes, that's what you do in a relationship. Like, when you're fighting, you're right, yeah. they're wrong, and you fucking yeah. pick your sides. Uh, if you could be reasonable and, like, agree with the other person, that's not a fight anymore. Right, right. Uh, but, yeah, and then, so he, that happens, and then he goes out to bring her up. And, like, he's so thrown by the very idea that she could possibly think about sleeping with somebody else that he can't, like, tell a joke. Again, yeah. Like, this, he goes out to tell These consummate ultimate... comedy professionals yeah. who are just so thrown that they can't even just can't string a simple joke together. A, a two-sentence joke. He's yeah. just stumbling over himself, at which point he brings her up. Uh, it is, like, it's... And, and it comes back later, too, and he's like, well, this time felt different. And it's like... I, nothing about that conversation seemed, if you've had 18 breakups, nothing about that conversation seemed like that final. Yeah, if you've had sure. all of, and I feel like that's been the whole problem with this will they won't they shit is like, it doesn't feel like there are any stakes because everything is so slight and like right. not. And, but I like, if that's your definitive thing, is that, was it that he's, she said he, she thought he was lying when he said, I love you? Like, there maybe? Was, there was a moment there, but that, I felt, was more like her lashing out to be yeah, hurtful. He exactly. addresses it in a line that, okay, the line I thought stunk, but the the emotion he was expressing I thought was very genuine, where he was he says to, uh, you know what, I'll find it. I have it written down. He says to her, like, like she's like, you know, you're lying when you say, like, you love me, like, it's all about possession for you or whatever. And he's like, you can't bring yourself to walk away so now you're burning down yeah 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 and one that's a terrible line no one speaks like that yeah no one speaks like oh now you're burning down the house yeah fucking talking heads anyway (laughs) uh but then uh but that emotion that that act where you're lashing out to be hurtful to somebody just to hurt them to make them like that to burn the bridge so that you can't run back across right that felt really real to me and there was moments in that uh, honestly in that fight that felt very real but then they were peppered with like the fucking snowboarder kid having some dumbass comments yeah 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 or like we cut back to drunk asian girl so yeah. Nate Cor- uh, so and this is this is really my problem overall with both of these episodes 90% of the storylines are the the thing that they do in television that pisses me off to no end cuz it's so fake and so hack and so easy 
if one of you people would have just told the truth yes. about your wildly reasonable circumstances <laughs> that is maybe tiny little bit uncomfortable for 20 seconds. Yeah. Everyone would be over it. None of this would have happened. Yeah. But since you can't, we're now down this crazy fucking road. So Nate Corby, Wasn't it you I was talking to about how that's every episode of Frasier? It's just <laughs> yeah, like... It if, wasn't me, but that's 100% right. <laughs> like, every episode of Frasier is like, if you just... It's like, there's no... You have no motivation to be lying yeah, right now. You broke a vase. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Can we just fucking be adults about this? Yeah, 100%. But yeah, I was thinking that, especially with the Nate Cordry British writer oh. thing, where it's like, just... Say you had to take her out for a work right, thing. So Nate Cordry has to uh, it has has got a date for the gala with the Lucy, the British writer, and not the, even no, they're going to go do something else. Oh, I thought they were going to that together. No, 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 they were going to go do oh, a they were real gonna date. Go, oh, they were going to go. Right, right, that's right. They, to they, see they were going to have yeah. a date. That's right. They were just going to go on a date. Then Jack comes and says, "Hey, you got to take her to this gala." And instead of him, her, of him, in a situation where if you go to this person who also works in who the same knows? fucking job, who knows Jack, yeah. who knows your hierarchy in this world, and say, hey, look, the president of the company says I have to take this girl out to talk her out of fucking dropping out of Juilliard. I'm very sorry about this. She'd be like, oh, that stinks. We'll reschedule. Yeah. But instead, he makes up some horseshit lie about going to a personal appearance as a celebrity waiter. It's just it wildly, makes no it sense. It makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's just fucking it, like every television show does this all the time. Yeah, and it's so hack and so like just an easy excuse to start to a ball have rolling. a plot. Yeah, it all makes me so mad. And there's so that happens. Um, Timothy Busfield's whole storyline is that because yeah. he keeps going back. Just to, like, tell him there's a fucking just tell him there's snake. A fucking you don't have to make up some horseshit about there being black mold yeah. or whatever. Just say, hey, we brought in the snakes. One of them got black out. Black mold We're is like as scary as a snake, if not Much more so. Worse. So like, why would you have that be your lie? That's way worse. So he so he brings in this like so the snake gets loose and they send in the ferret. The ferret won't come out, so they send in the coyote. Uh, they how do they get to... a coyote in the vent? By the way, who that's the what fuck, I'm wondering. Who the fuck knows how big this vent? is uh at which point they then like now the coyote won't come out because they thought the snake was dead they thought the ferret killed the snake but it didn't and now the snake is blocking the exit from the coyote so the coyote won't come back out so they have they have the coyote is afraid of the snake and the ferret's afraid of the coyote because they're all still alive it's all the worst Uh, so so then the eight the humane society ladies like you can either we can either get fish and wildlife and the police down here to arrest you for animal cruelty and pay twenty thousand dollars an animal blah, blah blah or you can tear up the stage uh, so they have to tear up the stage to get to the animals. And for some reason at this point, instead of just telling the cast and crew, hey, these fuck- here's a funny story. Yeah. A snake got loose, so we had Here. to send in the ferret and then a thing. <laughs> hey, maybe write a fucking sketch yeah. about this at your hey, comedy show. Hey, a bunch show. of comedy people. Yeah, you'll get a <laughs> kick out of this. Yeah. No, he makes up a much worse lie about there being black mold under the stage, <laughs> to which everyone rightfully so is like, hey, we can't be around that stuff. That stuff's <laughs> yeah, we're going to die if we stay yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, God's it's just fine. this one part. Yeah, yeah, it's just <laughs> under this one vent. So fucking dumb. It's so dumb. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then there's another moment on the roof. So all right, so they're trapped on the roof. And the whole time on the roof, they're having this, like, she's, like, trying to convince, like, tell him, like, you don't really like me. You're just, like, infatuated because of yeah, the Yeah, she accuses him of, re- of relapsing. Yeah, and like... about you re- well, because he did relapse, like, 100 days ago or whatever. Yeah. 
uh, and he's like, she's like, this is just your, you know, post relapse bad decision making, blah blah blah. At one point, she like shows him that she can do magic, which sets up a thing at the end. Ugh. <laughs> I, by the way, the other thing that's written on my page ninety times as opposed to hijinks is just the word ugh yeah. so many times. Well, and that's another thing where it's like, just tell the truth again. Jesus. You don't have to do a weird magic trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cause she's like, so so basically, what happens is she shows him that she can. Sneak a folded piece of paper under your watch band without you noticing. Yeah. So that's a setup to the end where eventually, like, she shakes his hand when they're going to get off the roof, and then he realizes she slipped him a note. And it says, I'm crazy about you. Right. After but the whole time, the four hours of them, her t- like, fighting. Fighting. Her being kind of shitty about it, too. Yeah, yeah, Not, yeah. Look, he was a creep, no question. If I'm you, I fucking run the other direction. Right. This guy's clearly got some issues. But if you're going to not do that, then stop being such a fucking bitch. Right. About like, it. if you are, in fact, crazy about him, right. why are you being, being so like mean. this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, like, don't. Why are you crazy about him? There is no, re- you no, no evidence that he is at all a, like, good person. No, he's an unstable drug addict. Yeah. Like, I can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then there's a moment on the roof that really bo- bums, like, bothers me. And bum is an important word. So, <laughs> so they're, they're trying to get, like, they can't get in the door. They don't have any cell phone reception for some reason. Yeah. On a roof, which is usually where pretty good cell phone reception yeah. happens. Uh, um, <laughs> at one point, he tries putting the phone in a broom and then holding the broom up yeah. so the phone's higher. But I don't know <laughs> you're how you're going to You're on a roof, man. You, yeah, you're on a roof. That four feet ain't going to make a difference. And secondly, how are you going to use the phone <laughs> yeah. at the end of a broom? I, there are so many problems. <laughs> Every plan they had really stunk. Yeah. Uh, so they throw a rock at the, a homeless here man. Here we go. So, the, okay. so there's yeah. a homeless dude in the alley down there. Because they're like, at one point, he's like, oh, if we were only on the street side of the building, we could just yell at somebody. Yeah. But we're on the alley side. And I'm like, oh, look, there's a homeless guy. And, uh, and she's like, uh, she picks up a rock. She's going to throw it at him. But they get into this debate where, like, they don't want to say the word bum, which yeah. is which fine. But neither of them can think of the term homeless guy. Yeah. So there's this like drawn out thing of like, I'm gonna throw a rock down there and wake up that uh you know, and he's like, a well member well adjusted member of society who sleeps in a trash bag. That's way more offensive to just saying fucking homeless guy. Yeah. Like, that's just the term we use. Yeah, he they're like that housing and employment challenged man like why homeless guy is not offensive yeah, yeah. that man he's, has no home he's sleeping in an alley yeah, yeah, like yeah, he yeah, absolutely yeah. has no home right like if he does he is effectively currently homeless because he's not in it right, so right, like right. yeah uh, that's fine you can say that you can totally say it. but they do that gag like two or three yeah, times yeah and it's like gross and shitty every it, time it bothers me so which that, again like yet more shit like with all the race stuff that we still have yet to talk oh, about fucking where Jesus. you're just you're just imagining Aaron Sorkin writing it, and you're like, I hate you. <laughs> I so hate much. you. Uh, so here's the other gang on the roof. Uh, so they pick up the rock, and she's like, he's like, oh, I'll do it. And she's like, I oh was. She, well, she says, yeah. like, I was recruited by three different colleges for field hockey scholarships. You don't throw in field hockey, bitch. <laughs> just just want to put that out there. Yeah. But I feel like if you had a stick, I'd let you at this one. But that's not how field hockey works. Yeah. Uh, but then, but also, she's perfectly as capable of throwing a rock into the dumpster as you are. The plan is they're going to throw the rock into the dumpster to make noise to wake up the homeless guy. Yeah. She's perfectly as capable of that as you, which she proves by throwing the thing in there. Turns out that that rock was the hide-a-key. He realizes when she throws rock, she's like, oh, rock! There's a hide-a-key rock up here with a key. You threw it over the side. 
I also feel like it's strange to put a hide a key on a roof. Hide a key (laughs) in a rock form is supposed to be in front of a house where maybe there might be a rock. Why would there just be a softball sized rock on this roof (laughs) next to the door with like a flat bottom that you're just resting it on? So so little thought went into that whole process that I just got really bummed out. Uh, But yeah, so the other storyline we haven't even touched on uh, is. That Simon Deal Hughley is still very angry with Darius for not wanting to write the Mundungo sketch, yeah. the African Fruit of the Loom sketch. Uh, they show a very little bit of that Fruit of the Loom sketch, and it felt like something that would have been rejected from In Living Color. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like not good enough, not funny enough, but like somebody might and have also it dated. There. And Way like, yeah, 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 just weird, just very weird. Lots of like, uh, you dumb crack, like not cracker, but just like, like really just shitty. I don't know. It was just poorly done. Yeah. Uh, so he's really mad. And like, I, I, this is another storyline where if he had said, if Darius, and maybe a little different, but if Darius had said, look, I didn't want to write your stupid Fruit of the Loom sketch because it's stupid. Yeah. Like, that would have at least been an interesting direction for this to go. Yeah. But instead, he's, like, doing this I don't want to be the black guy th- on the staff thing. Uh, th- also, at one point, Simon gets, like, hate mail, like, racist yeah, hate Yeah, he mail. shows Darius his racist hate mail that Simon is kind of proud of. He, like, collects sort of, like, getting a kick out of it. Yeah. And shows it to Darius, and Darius is, like, horrified. And that's Which, like- to be fair, when, uh, this was a number of years ago, and I still live in upstate New York, our neighborhood got leafleted by white supremacists. Oh, the shit. Like, we were on the... P- on the porch smoking weed and <laughs> like we, this car drives by and somebody throws something out the car window so we're like oh it's like like round like rolled up paper yeah, yeah. so we're like oh, maybe it's that? a treasure map <laughs> i'm assuming it's a flyer or yeah. something but we'll pick it up sure uh and it's like a bunch of it's from the national alliance which was a big white yeah time. <laughs> and we kept them on the fridge for a while because they're pretty <laughs> funny there was one that's it really made me laugh there was one that was just like a like a, a missing child poster and it was mm-hmm. like this little blonde girl and it said missing a future for white children and she just <laughs> and her eyes were so close together that like it looked like someone like looking down the middle of a mirror yeah it looked like I mean? Alfred E. Newman yeah, like it was, the, it was like no she doesn't yeah it was so she we, has yeah it's not because of black people that, that she yeah, has yeah, yeah, that, there's a maybe you being there. so concerned about the purity of your gene pool is causing some problems <laughs> exactly uh but my point is that like yeah I could see collecting your racist hate mail right, and like, like trying to make a joke out of it yeah I, I very much did that but the rest of it is him is just simon going like come on chicken george get over here he, my favorite one is uh he says something like oh well you not writing that sketch makes you the pool boy in uncle thomas's cabin or something <laughs> yeah. which is like the, the you have not read that a, book sir <laughs> i didn't know the cabin had a pool like what uh, it's so strange and the whole thing i guess is like his argument is like i don't want to just be the black writer i want to be a writer yeah and then simon's argument is like well then you gotta write motherfucker and you're not writing anything yeah. which okay i kind of get but again, I would have much preferred him being like, this sketch fucking stinks and I don't want to write it. Right. Uh, that's at least a more interesting take than this just blatant. Right. And you can still and you can bullshit. still have like if you really want it to be a race thing, you can still talk about that angle sure. while having Darius like 
do something more interesting yeah. and je- kind of more believable oh. than just I don't want to because no one gives a shit who wrote what sketch on the yeah, fucking show yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't write it people are going to assume you wrote it anyway, anyway. like sure. it's not sure. if they even care about who writes for the show which, which no they one, don't no one does. they do not Eight, uh, we a, a comic nerds barely care barely yeah, I yeah, barely yeah. know who writes for SNL right uh, now. oh I don't know who writes for SNL right now <laughs> I like occasionally I know like a handful of people who write for Schumer I, like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I don't, yeah, whatever. Uh, but then, here's the other thing that's pissing me off with this storyline, is the whole time, like, like so Darius will get mad and be like, look, what the hell is your problem? And then Simon's like, you better watch your tone of voice with me, son. You better yeah. take that inside, vo- you better put on your inside voice before I put your ass outside. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not, I will never, no matter how hard you pitch this, buy D. Hell Hughley as the <laughs> scary, intimidating black guy. At one point, <laughs> yeah. Darius is like, no, fuck that. I'll kick your... Like, he's like, we're... You know, yeah, I'm he takes his jacket off. He's like, let's he's go. Like, Come on, let's do this. And <laughs> he's like, I'll break your arm, boy. Put the, and then Darius is like, oh, shit, I better be careful. This guy went to Yale. I don't understand. There's no part of me... <laughs> there's no part of him that reads as scary. And what yeah. I think it was, was he was used to being the only black character or black person on that show... So by default, you're the scary black guy, and you yeah. can get away with all kinds of <laughs> horse shit while you pretend to be scary because white people aren't going to call you on it. <laughs> That's an interesting, interesting take, that I, it's I, part I, of the character. I think it is, yeah. because it's the only thing that makes sense. And also, it, like, why would Darius... He, Darius doesn't just... Darius didn't come from the suburbs. Yeah. Right? They make a point of him, like, I gotta take the bus back to my shitty neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's justice, whatever, so like... Yeah. Oh, it's just... I, that whole story reeks of... A white guy writing race relations for black characters, yeah, and having no fucking. It's almost as like it's almost like if like uh, it's like if Quentin Tarantino had written School Days instead of Spike Lee. <laughs> it just has this feel of like this would be really uncomfortable. You want to say nigger a lot? I get it. <laughs> Yeah, it's just the whole that whole storyline really bothered me. Well, yeah, it's so like it's it's tone deaf and it's tone deaf even in a way that like it's not even cliche because it's like kind of nonsensical. Like it makes I don't understand what it's supposed to be like represented of in a larger sense. No idea. It's just bad writing, and it just makes me not like Simon for the most part. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) which again, like so he's doing that, but and also his character is like. Up in, it's so like wildly different tones in his two sort of parts in this story, in this, these episodes. Right, he's got that going on, but then the other, t- at the rest of the time, he's with Nate Cordry on this terrible date with the Asian girl, yeah. who's getting cartoonishly drunk. Yeah, and they make a point of at one point they're like, she's had five shots of tequila, which okay, she's tiny, that's probably a lot, but she literally goes like. I've been to Juilliard and I started doing work and whatever. She's like, I should take you back and dance for you or whatever. And then she just passes out cold yeah. unconscious. She goes from speaking full, distinct sentences to passing out unconscious on a table. Yeah. That's not how being drunk That's not what has being drunk ever is. worked. And then, yeah, and then she comes to and says like paragraphs and then like <laughs> yeah, yeah, passes yeah, out again. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, and again, I guess it's just sort of. We're supposed to suspend our disbelief because a, a drunk person to the point of passing out is 
unwatchable on television. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. You can't. Gross. (laughs) It's just disgusting. There'd be drool. Like, there'd be, like, it just, it would be incomprehensible. Yeah. She wouldn't be able to have. Over and over. She wouldn't be able to have that kind of, I thought, kind of a sweet scene with Steven Weber if she were actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, (laughs) Just be like. Uh So, like, the whole time she's, like, aggressively hitting on Nate Cordry. Yes. And she's, like, hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she's supposed to be hot or whatever, and she is. Um, but and like, the, so Nate Cordy's like, oh, hey, which off. All, by the way, speaking of which, British lady comes. She cleans up nice. British lady, yeah, she, she looks really good. good. Looks very good in that dress. Yeah, uh, I know. I said in the previous episode, like she's not. Anything she wasn't. Special, yeah, but she looks good. She, she looked really looked, good. She looked very good. I was dress. like, oh damn. So she shows up at the gala. Yeah, because she got tickets the last minute because somebody canceled. So her and Fat Guy got tickets. Or no, her and Darius got tickets. Yeah. Uh, and it's revealed in another she's right behind me fucking moment because she looks up at Darius and he's like, oh, we got tickets, uh, whatever. Oh, yep. let's see. And then she's like, wait a minute, what do you mean we got tickets? And then she's standing right behind him because mm-hmm. that's the only joke that fucking he knows how to write. Yeah. Uh, and she's like rightfully pissed because you've lied to her. Uh, she doesn't want to hear your explanation at this point because you had an opportunity to do right. that previously. Because it seems like you're being shady because you lied for no you're reason. Because sh- you're, you're being shady. <laughs> zero re- All right, so she then, so she storms off. And the whole time that he, Nate Cordry's there, fucking Simon is with him and kind of being like, yeah, you should get you some of that drunk 19-year-old. He sort of is, yeah. kind of creepy about yeah. it the whole time. Uh, at one point, she's like, he's like, she's drinking, and Nick Hardy's like, you know, uh, I'm supposed to be responsible, so the legal age for drinking is 21. And she's like, what's the age for me to take you back to my hotel room and dance for right. you or whatever? And Simon's like, 18! <laughs> yeah. over his shoulders, it's not being a creep. Yeah, like, what a, ugh. Uh, uh, so she goes back, and she does have a pretty sweet... There was a couple, actually, a couple moments that I very much enjoyed with Steven Weber, where he kind of like jumps in out of nowhere yeah. to break up. It's like she tries, she he tries and Nate Cordry are funny. Like they have really, I liked their little back and forth. For sure. Like he at one point, she, the Asian girl tries to kiss uh, Nate Cordry, and out of nowhere, Steven Weber is just in <laughs> between. I'm like, hey, how's it going over here? Like his timing's really yeah. good, and it's like uh, it's a silly again, like stupid joke, but joke. but it, he, they pull it off, and it's the he's over, funny. And fucking show needed a laugh somewhere. Yeah, uh, and, and he's like, ones. there's yeah, there's he he and Nate Cordy are just they, he's they're very like. Stephen Weber's always like touching him. It, it's just <laughs> like really of, weird and funny. It has a sort of big brother, little brother vibe. Yeah, but I don't know. It's weird. There's something there that's just very pleasant. There's it's yeah. funny and, and enjoyable. It's there's just yeah. There's they a have, lot of yeah, they strangeness. Each other well, like his his like. You can tell Stephen Weber kind of likes him, even though he gives him a lot of shit. Yeah. And, like, Nate Cordry respects him, but he's scared of him. They, yeah. they have a good it's dynamic. It's good, yeah. Uh, so but, they go back to, like, so eventually they're like... And there's gotta, another... Well, no, oh, go, go ahead. Go, 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 go. I was just going to say, there's an even another he's right behind me, isn't he, in this one, where with that plot where... Nate Cordry oh, comes in, dad, and they're and they're feeding her prairie oysters, so, so, which so I had take, to look up. Uh, which, by the way, if you look up, they don't have booze in them. Yeah, um, did you anyway, look it up too? I, of course. Yeah, uh, because I well, I know what they were talking about, but they, all right, we'll get to it. So they, uh, so they, Stephen Weber comes, finds she's passed out. It's like, okay, we can't take her back to the hotel yet. Yeah, we're not bringing her back to her father unconscious. Yeah, uh, we'll take her back to the Studio Sixty. She'll lay down. Once she sobers up a little bit, we'll take her home. Uh, they go, Stephen Weber and her do have a kind of sweet conversation where she's like, 
she, he says, like, why do you want to stop? You're a virtuoso. You just got started. And she's like, I've been practicing four hours a day since I was 36 months old. Which yeah. is like, that's horrifying. Yeah. Like, if you're too young to be dated, to be, like, your age dated in years. Yeah. Then you should you not shouldn't be, be working a, at, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should not, not have a job. Try not to shit yourself. Yeah. <laughs> all that at fucking A. Like, Yeah. Uh, and she's like, you know, explains how it's a hard, like, she's like, I she says, I slept in a graveyard to make myself tough. Yeah, which... which what? Well, how? Why? <laughs> why does that make you tough? Like, that's just camping. Uh, yeah, the question Stephen Weber asks is, why do viola players need to, to be, be tough? tough? And she's like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. like, a good question, but better question, how does that make anyone tough? tough? <laughs> it's such, such a weird line. Uh, but they do have the, the sweet moment of her sort of, like, explaining why. It's like, she doesn't really want to quit Juilliard. She just needs fucking, like... Some breathing be, room. A breathing yeah. room to be her own person for a minute. Yeah. Um, Nate Cordry ends up like, like they're going to take her back to the hotel. She's like, please don't call my dad. He's like, I have to. And then he kind of reveals like he wants to have kids, but he's separated yeah. from his wife. There's like a little, there's a nice moment. It's it's an odd pairing of characters. For sure. But, but it, that's to, to Stephen Weber's strength. He can carry all those moments. Yeah. They kind of throw him all over the place. Because he's the best person on this show. Hands down. He really is. He's uh, the most fun to watch. Uh, so then, yeah, so the Nate Cordry comes, like, Nate Cordry eventually finds the uh, Lucy and is like, look, I don't want to lie to you anymore. Sorry. Like, she says to him, like, you couldn't even try to hide it. You didn't think maybe I'd come to the gala. And he's like, no. Writers of your level don't get invited yeah. to things. You got it because someone canceled. And he's like, he's like, and I know that seems mean, but it's because I don't want to lie to you anymore. And it's like, actually, it just seems mean. Like, <laughs> yeah, you don't need to, you don't need to hammer at have him. stakes. I mean, I kind of get what he's doing. I get it. Because he's like, I'm funny. going to tell you the truth now, and right. it's not to make you feel better because I just made you feel bad. But, like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, you don't yeah, have yeah, to do yeah. that. Yeah. I got, and then, like, she, at one, so then, like, he's like, so can I take you out Saturday? And she's like, no. And then he goes, okay. And he goes to leave, and she's like, you can take me out Sunday or whatever. And when he, she said no, I was like, fucking good for you, Lucy. Fuck this idiot. He's too <laughs> stupid to deserve you with his horseshit lies. But of course, I literally wrote down, like, have some self-respect. Because, like, don't go back out with him. Yeah. Like, don't... Ex- I just want someone on TV to be like, I'm not excusing your stupid behavior. Well, that's the thing. Like, I feel like if this happened in, in real life, you would not go out with him, not because he did anything necessarily no, super wrong. Idiot. But it's like... Oh, that guy's weird. That guy's like, <laughs> weird. He shows a propensity for lying. Yeah, for no, for no reason. reason at all. Like he's a strange person, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't want to. Like you, you're too fucking weird. Yeah, absolutely. You make weird decisions that I don't understand. Uh, yeah, but then she says, uh, she's like, oh, and by the way, uh, prairie oysters are for hangovers. But uh, okay, so a prairie oyster, as I knew it, was egg, hot sauce, was a raw egg, hot sauce, salt, pepper. And you're supposed to shoot Sounds kind of good. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you're down to drink a raw egg. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like I can see that, that it helping has, a hangover. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. It's got a protein and shit, yeah. and the spice will wake you up. Yeah. So she, uh, open up your nostrils and shit. So she, <laughs> but they say, it's like, it's like let's get her some coffee. It has and brandy Stephen in Weber's it like, or something. Yeah, Stephen Weber's like, oh, no, fuck that. We got to get her a prairie, uh, uh, prairie oyster. And then Simon's like, I know what's in that. It's egg, brandy, hot sauce, salt, pepper, whatever. And they're like. Okay, so they think it has brandy in it. So Lucy says, uh, it, by the way, prairie oysters are for hangovers. If you give somebody them while they're drunk, they're just going to get drunker. So Nate Corby runs in to tell them that. And she's like, oh, crazy girl's going to get more drunk or whatever. We've got to get her out of here. Yeah. Pull back to reveal another he's right behind record, you. Record, comedy record scratch. Yeah, 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 yeah. The parents are there. 
To which the most fucking obvious reveal. So he's so Stephen Weber's like, excuse me, would you mind translating for your husband? Uh, the mom just starts yelling at the girl, walks her out of the room, and then the husband's like, the mother will take care of the the Zhao or whatever his name is, the head of the Macau deal. Yeah. He's like, the mother will take care of you. What? He speaks English? Yeah. Fucking of course he does. He's a billionaire CEO in 2011. Yeah. You don't get to do that without <laughs> speaking English. Also, that just, now I'm confused about that whole mistranslation plot. Dad, it doesn't what? make any sense now. <laughs> it's, You're it's, absolutely. It's totally nonsensical now. But yeah, like of course he speaks English. Yeah, like and he's like, and then so Stephen. They're Weber, like, why? Yeah. Do you, and and like, I, I'll give the credit the, of why yeah. he's like, yeah, it's fun. Like, he's like, <laughs> it's fun to fuck with your white people. I'm like, all right, I'll buy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I do. I mean, it's the it's the like denarius strategy. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, you yeah, get yeah. to hear what people really think because they think you don't know. Right. But like, yeah, it's like, if, yeah, of course he's fucking. He's like a billionaire in China. He didn't just make his money in, in China. China. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, a thing yeah, you. Yeah. Could do uh, so that so like he kind of gives Stephen Weber's like some shit about that, and then Stephen Weber's like, "Hey, get off your fucking kid's back, all right? He like you didn't yeah. raise an idiot. Let her have a semester off, and she'll come back. Like whatever." Uh, to which he's like, "Okay, you know, if you hire the best lawyer and the best whatever, I'll take your side in this." No real reason why. No, like, it's like just that. Just, just kinda... cause there's two minutes left. Yeah, yeah. In the we episode. gotta wrap. We gotta wrap this shit up. Yeah, hundred percent it. Uh, they leave, so okay, so he's going to save the day for the fight with the FCC, uh, at which point we get the worst montage I've maybe ever seen. Oh, my lord. Montage? Yeah, we are. Um, it's time. <laughs> so they try to wrap up sort of all of these terrible storylines in a, in a, with a voice of music. Well, no, by the way, we have skipped an entire fucking chunk of this, which really pissed me off. Uh, pissed me off is too strong, but whatever. Uh, so Matthew Perry... Bombs not telling this joke. Yeah, accepts the award. Oh right, the pussycat doll comes back. She's gone. We don't see Sarah Paulson again. She's gone. He's, I can't tell if he's supposed to be drunk. He's just sort of leaning, smoking a cigarette, and he's singing like. So like, oh, so Natalie Cole is the music, right. the musical guest at this gala. Yep, uh, and she sings "Say a Little Prayer for You." Uh, like I wrote down here, like, do you remember when Natalie Cole was a thing? Yeah, I, like, I had like a, a interesting nostalgia trip yeah, yeah. when I well, saw then, Natalie Cole on I was something. Like, oh, and there was like the duet thing with her dad. Yeah, like, and then that led me on a whole other. Remember when there was like fear, like, so there was like a couple of commercials where they used dead celebrities to sell a thing. They had like Fred Astaire with a vacuum. It was like they, they, it was a thing that happened, and it was like I vaguely remember. I mean, I remember the Audrey later. Hepburn Gap commercial, but that's yeah, yeah. more late. That's, that's later, later, I think. This is like it was like right when like sort of CGI was becoming. Oh, like a thing. okay. Mm-hmm. So they were like, look, and it had like Fred Astaire dancing in the rain, but he has a vacuum cleaner and he's oh, like selling boy. license. And there was a few of those, and there was this huge like, this is the technology gone berserk. Yeah. Have we gone too far? <laughs> By the way, nothing ever happened. Like they didn't. They no. were like, "What's what's to stop them from using Martin Luther King to sell whatever?" Like, <laughs> like good sense. Like nobody's yeah. doing that shit. And and as you can tell, never became an issue. Yeah, uh, that just popped into my head. So so we get this fucking montage where he uh, so oh, before the montage. So he's singing like "Say a Little Prayer for You," but with lyrics that are kind of about her. Yeah, they got, something. At one point, they had a fight like. She says something about breaking up, and it's like, that's because you decided to sing a song for people to throw rocks at te- pregnant teenage girls. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he starts, so he's like, 
Uh, put on your faces when you go sing for racists. Yeah. But it, like, that's a big, that's supposed to be a laugh, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't work. And he's like, get it? Because he's a funny comedy writer. Just <laughs> off straight off the dome, man. Oh, that's the worst. So he's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and then uh, this girl, at first I thought it was Jeannie. Me too. She, it looks like Jeannie. Yeah. But it's the pussycat it's... doll that he went to get the boot from. Long ago. Long ago. And it's like, <laughs> oh, she's going to swoop in, get her a little less sweet Matthew Perry. No. Nope. Like, she shows up. She's like, let me get you a ride home. He's like, I can't go home. I have to go to the office. She's like, oh, let me get you a ride to the office. And then she's like, you should go home and relax. And he's like, I can't. Look at the fucking countdown clocks. Only 21 hours left. And then she's like, gets a phone call. Or she says, like, I'm getting married. She yeah. gets a phone call from her husband. And she's like, oh, he's the love of my life. And then she's just gone. Yeah. Like, why was she... Why did we need... I got that advanced nothing. Yeah. It didn't show him, like, being over Sarah Paulson or being in love with Sarah Paulson. Here's just a girl she know, he knew who gave her a, gave him a ride home. I think... I mean, I guess it's supposed to be, like... I, my impression of it was it was... Because he's saying, like, I can be better. And she's like, I'm getting married. Like, time's running out, dude. Yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah, clock, yeah, yeah, the yeah. clock is ticking, so to speak. Oh, the fucking clock. <laughs> I didn't even get that. Jesus. I think that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, is yeah, like that makes sense. The, yeah, like, you, you need to, if you're going to be better, you need to be better now. Because they're not, Sarah Paulson's not waiting around for you to get your shit together anymore. Right, right, right. Um, but it's still, like, it goes on for way too long. It and it's long weird. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then was... it's him. Then the, and, and also, pre- immediately previous to that. That scene is the scene where Amanda Peet and Bradley Whitford make out and she well, for like some reason part, likes him. It's kind of part of the that's kind of where the montage starts. Like yeah. He, so he finds the note in his watch, sees it, says I'm crazy about you, goes running off after her, eventually comes downstairs to yet another she's right behind you because yep. he runs like runs outside and he's like Jordan, Jordan and we like, should look, drink look every time you. this happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a quality There's drinking seven game. Seven or eight of them. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, easy. Uh so she, so she's like, look behind you, and there he is, and they make out. And then the montage starts to, uh, I know that song, and I can't fucking play it. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, but whatever. It's like, uh, you'll be back at Christmas time. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it's like a, yeah. It's, it's a, a monta- weird, like, mid-90s, like, Lilith Fair. Kind of, yeah. yeah. There's a, so they try to wrap up all the storylines, and it's just like, here's a shot of uh, Bradley Whitford and Jordan making out. The one that really bothered me is there's a shot of, like, Simon and Darius. Because <laughs> si- Simon had, like, given Darius, like, well, then fucking get to write, like, punch up the Mondongo sketch or whatever. He's like, yep. sure thing, boss. Uh, so, like, Dar- like, Darius is writing, and then he slides a notepad over to him, to Simon, who so barely looks at that notepad, <laughs> he's not even holding it right side up. <laughs> Are you serious? It's sideways. That's amazing. It's a legal pad. Like, it's like a flip <laughs> but it is sideways in his hands. And he, he moves two pages like this very quickly, and then he looks up at him like, you nailed it. Like, it's the, it's the worst. Like, at least pr- move some fucking reading glasses to your nose yeah, or something. something. Make it look like you're reading the thing a little bit. <laughs> Oh, it really bothered me. And then, That's like, really funny. <laughs> and then there's like a shot of Sarah Paulson doing something. Yeah. Who knows? I don't even think it's like her with Luke or anything. She's no. She's like in her dressing room. Yeah. Intercut with these close-up shots of them destroying the stage. Yeah. They have to like get the animals out as if this like and it's big like, changes are coming. We're, you know what right. I mean? Like, and it's in slow motion, if I remember it correctly. very much is. It's slow just, motion. It's like a pickaxe hitting yeah. this fucking stage. Uh 
And that's kind of it. Like, that's yeah. The, the end of and the that's episode. why I was like, okay, this feels like they must have been going on a break or something. Like, yeah, it does feel like this was there was going to be a hiatus. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, I'm assuming when we come back, we're going to have, like, kind of a reintroductory type episode. Because, like, I, I mean, it would just be weird if there was just, like... Oh, next week, yeah, next, yeah, yeah. It, like just because it feels like it feels like the show is over. Yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I think we're we nailed everything. Yeah, um, we talked about how how bad they are, and we really needed these to be good too. Because uh, we were yeah, like, it's, it's, I, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm checking it, out, and I'm kind of checked out. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I would like a spinoff that features Dusty D and his, <laughs> his escapades. Uh, well, if they made All You Need Is Love, then yeah, we would have it. I would watch that. Uh, <laughs> you got anything coming up you want to plug? Um, this is going up Thursday, right? This is up Thursday. Come to the Velveeta Room this weekend. You're, I'm headlining, oh, headlining 11th and 12th. Oh, Daniel Webb, right? Daniel Webb is hosting. Oh, uh, so. Kent Juliff doing a guest spot, and then I don't know who the other one is, but right. it should be really fun. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be good. So if you're in Austin, go to that. Uh, Oklahoma City, Will Rogers Theater, September 30th. I will be there. So come to that, please. Uh, I don't want my first, one <laughs> of my like first time in that city to be sad. So please come to that show. <laughs> uh, otherwise, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Tell your friends. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>